All right, hello and welcome to Out of Space Games Podcast, episode 20. So last podcast, I thought we were just going to do a Batman vs. Superman, like, short bit, but we ended up just turning it into a regular podcast, so that's why our intro was kind of weird. But now we're fully into episode 20. We'll be talking about a couple of Kickstarters out there. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Very enthusiastic. Uh, a couple trailers and just other, I guess, general news. But anyways, my name is Jay. My name is Sean. I'm Jared. And I'm Dean. Yeah, so um, we're out of space. Yes, I already said that. Anyways, <laughs> we had to mess up something. So last episode, Dean was not able to join us for his Batman vs Superman thoughts. Is there anything you wanted to share about it quickly? Uh, I don't know what everyone else said, but I thought it was horrible. Let's get that out. <laughs> That's of pretty way. much what everyone else said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So many things wrong with it. After I had watched it, I had told you, you know, don't even bother it. Just uh. Watch a cam version online. Did you actually go to the theater and watch it, or? Uh, no, <laughs> I did not, and I still felt like I overpaid. <laughs> wow, that's how bad I thought it was. <laughs> I would have been so angry if I had paid money, actual money, to watch it. That's how bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the things I didn't like were just. I'll try to be brief, but it's like the whole Wonder Woman character was completely unnecessary. I think they just forced her in to uh, set her up for the um, Justice League movie. Like, I actually... Okay, I'll try to be positive. I did like some things. Like, it looks nice. Like, Henry Cavill looks nice as Superman. <laughs> I think Ben Affleck... Gay. <laughs> he, has a, he has a good workout, I think. No, that's... He is a pretty man. No, like, he fits the character, <laughs> the image, you know, of, mm-hmm. of Superman. And, like, uh, Ben Affleck, I think, did fine fitting the image of Bruce Wayne and older Bruce Wayne and Batman. And I love Jeremy Irons in any role he's played, so he, I think he did fine as Alfred. That's why it's even more disappointing that they had such a good cast and it just completely bombed. Yeah, and like, I wasn't, I wasn't even trying to rag on you, but just the fact that you have to say... This is a good thing about the movie. <laughs> right. <Is that> the <laughs> actors worked out well enough to play their parts. Like, well, I didn't even mean that. I just I just think he, he has the look. You know, he's like if you envision Superman real life, I think yeah. yeah. But yeah, physique wise, yeah, I guess it works too. But my mind wasn't going there. Thank you, Jay, for uh mm-hmm. making all perverted. <laughs> hey, you know oh, I, I hated Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. It was just Mm-hmm. Yeah, Campy. I think everyone did. Yeah, and I've never liked Lois Lane's character in Man of Steel or this one. I think it was just yeah. unnecessary and contrived. But but you got that uh, bathtub splash. I know. I, I was gonna say they, but they I didn't tease see you with anything. that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't see they anything. Like, man. <laughs> man, if you if you went like screen by screen, you might get some side boob in mm. there. <laughs> no, I like her as an actress. It's just the character itself is just like yeah. She's basically the, the plot point, right? How do we get to the next plot point? Oh, have... Right, and just have her do it. Yeah, we can't have our main stars doing something stupid. We'll just have this person. And the action sequences were kind of cool, but I think literally every one of them could have been easily avoided. And they deliberately didn't, like a normal person would, so that they could show, hey, they're fighting. We want to show this. 
Yeah. But yeah, if Superman had just opened his mouth and explained what was going on. Yeah, he said the one phrase at the end of the fight. <laughs> yeah. He was about to say it, and then he got mad and started fighting. He was like, and shoved him. Yeah, he shoved him. <laughs> I was like, Have you guys yeah. seen the. Um, there's a web comic out there where, like, they're all fighting Dark Side, and then Dark Side is like, Martha. And then- <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, all right. I mean, I didn't think you would have a, a differing opinion, but I wanted to make sure. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, we can move on to there. I, I'd like to talk about a couple of Kickstarters that are out there right now. Although I've heavily turned down my Kickstarter purchases and, and backing, these, I don't know, they popped up on my radar. Do you want to start with... Yesterday... Well, let's start with something positive, I guess, before we yeah, start bashing something uh, else. Dark Souls, the board game dropped on Kickstarter. Uh, Dark Souls, for any of you that play video games, is a very hard game where... You, they don't explain much to you, and you're supposed to figure it out. And it has a difficulty factor of like some of the old school games, so you die constantly. And it's a really bleak uh, medieval fantasy world. And the miniatures look pretty cool. They look representative of the video game. Yeah, uh, I've briefly mentioned it. I was playing it for a while last fall or something. Yeah, it's it's known for its brutal difficulty. I don't know if translating to a board game really makes it that unique or if it's going to bring anything new to the table. But I do think it is probably bringing along with it some new fans, maybe people that who haven't been into board gaming and stuff will take an interest just because they're familiar with the license and they love the video game franchise. Well, the miniatures look cool. I'm looking at the Kickstarter right now. I also like how the campaigns run. They were specific in only having... Like basically one pledge level and then one retail level and then they have a early bird, but it was only like a five pound difference. So yeah, but I have an issue with their their lowest pledge level. Their only one being a hundred dollars US. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I get that's where the trend is going, especially on Kickstarter. Especially when you have that many miniatures. Yeah, but again, I'm not sure if the gameplay is going to as a video game in Dark Souls when you die. You respawn. It doesn't take forever. You don't have to like clear everything and reset up. And granted, I haven't looked through enough how... You do have to make it back to your point of death, though, to gain back all of your uh, experience. But, you know, in terms of like board game setup, I just imagine do you have to take all that stuff off and then put it there and save it somehow? Or do you just start over? Yeah, I have to watch their video on the gameplay. Because even all their um their press and review section, nobody says pretty much everyone just talks about the like cool, it's a Dark Souls board game. Exactly. Or, something to look forward to and like the one is the attention to detail is astounding and the figures might be worth it on its own. It's like that's all right. Yeah, that's never a good uh thing to So go basically on. you know nothing about the board game. Hmm. <sighs> it's all from video game websites. So Eurogamer, right. Destructoy, Polygon. GameSpot, Kotaku. I mean, they do cover board game stuff. But it's like at a very cursory level. Exactly. So these are all video game people, probably a, a press release, and that's where they got their information from. Like, there's one place that's like, oh, yeah, this is... I misread it. Never mind. I was going to say, this is indeed 
a working Dark Souls board game. But no, it says they're indeed working on a Dark Souls <laughs> board game. So you, you have no context for how the game actually plays, right? So back in the um, early PSP days, Monster Hunter, I feel in some ways it's very thematically similar. Or not thematically, but um, stylistically and gameplay-wise. You know, you have very stuck static animations and a crazy difficulty. There's no leveling up. So you can grind out for equipment and armor, but you, your character, it doesn't naturally get easier from you playing it. Yeah, you just have more. to get better at the controls. Yeah, exactly. So unless you learn to adapt and and work within this, the game's really, like almost purposely, the game is trolling you, you know what I mean, as you play it. Because I must have died on the first dragon I fought in that like 20 times. It's like what what we grew up with in terms of video games. Like the Nintendo era stuff, you know, a lot of it was platform based, but you just had to get better at the controls. You didn't have any level ups to help you through the game. Yeah. Hold on. My kid is crying over it. All right. Should we just wait for Jay? Um, we can talk about something totally random right here and hope that he doesn't catch it. Dean, what did you microwave for dinner tonight? Uh, I had some uh, manicotti. It was tasty. I had a microwave lean cuisine. It is uh, cheese Sounds and bacon terrible. chicken. Do you feel lean now after eating the cuisine? No, because I'm also drinking a cherry vanilla Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> so that negates. You're being honest. That negates all the leanness. <laughs> but because you had the lean cuisine, you can you know afford to have a cherry Pepsi. What? Right? Yeah. <laughs> just just go with the jam. <laughs> Alright, I don't know if you guys kept it. <laughs> nah. No. We did. No. I was gonna say, uh, going off your Nintendo and stuff like that. I mean, because video games started with the arcade first before it came to con home consoles, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So all those early video games' lives were limited unless you had a cheat code, or if they didn't build one in, then it all came down to skill, really. And how many yep. quarters you had. Exactly. Yeah, well, the arcade versions, sometimes they were meant to, like, eat quarters on purpose. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But, yeah. you know, in, in modern video games, it's it's not so much... Um, modern video games are so much easier. <laughs> they really are. Oh, yeah. I think this the way Monster Hunter and Dark Souls did it was almost like... Like you're punished, like the time it takes you to go back to your body, or you just feel like stupid because it's really your fault that you died. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hopefully they'll get up some type of like in depth. Well, it doesn't have to be that in depth, but some showing of the gameplay instead of just talking about how great the license is. They won't. They've already raised a million dollars. Yeah. There's no reason to. Because right now it just looks like generic dungeon crawler with pretty horrible actually well, ui then in that case then i'll convince my pervy anime friend to get it and then drop my pledge <laughs> yeah well i mean just looking at the cards the just the stats the way they're written on it yeah looks it looks very basic yeah it's like let's copy and paste the spreadsheet we had there <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, was, I wasn't going to hate on it i guess i i kind of am i'm just skeptical i guess of how the gameplay is actually translated I think a game that is kind of notoriously difficult or is, is known for its difficulty is Ghost Stories, right? Right. With that game, it doesn't feel like it takes that long or it's that involved. So you can just jump right back into it and it's like immediately I want to play again. So I just hope it has... The essence of the video game. Exactly. If Dark Souls is about collecting the souls, 
then hopefully it's a key part of the gameplay that they can translate in a way that doesn't feel tedious. Which means the gameplay has to be fun enough for you to want to continue doing it over and over again with the possibility of punishment. One thing that I thought was was interesting was that they chose to go with a kind of unknown uh, board game company. Um, So they are going with uh, Steamforge Games. I went out to their website and they have one other game. (laughs) So they kickstarted a game called Guild Ball. Um, It was actually pretty successful. Um, They raised like $150,000 for it. I think of a goal of like 40,000. So, you know, they out uh, raised their goal and probably made some good money on it. But typically when you see these large title games, they're going to the, you know, cryptozoic and similar manufacturers. Oh, he froze. Oh, Jared froze. Yes. It's going to be one of those situations. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, oh, so okay. I'm back now. Aren't I? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew it froze because all of a sudden your guys' audio just started like making funky noises. All right, so what was the last thing you heard me say? <laughs> uh, you started into the Guild Ball stuff. Oh, so th- they had a pretty successful campaign, but typically when you see these large uh, title games, they go to uh, companies like Cryptozoic and the like, and typically you don't see the smaller manufacturers uh, or publishers get a shot at them. Yeah, I think it's probably because they they were one of the first ones to approach them for the license and so got it for pretty cheap i don't know <laughs> man i can't see them getting it for cheap dark souls is like a triple a titles at this point yeah but it I wasn't mean, before right because even even demon souls was uh they offered it to sony right and they didn't pick it up so atlas yeah, sony had no faith in it <laughs> published it and then it got big and then so namco published the second one and i think they're established enough I mean, this game goes back, its roots goes back to a PS1 era title, King's, um, f- not King's, f- um, <laughs> <laughs> King's Field, I want to say. All right. So these were the best ratings this game ever got was like sevens and there was, they made four of them, but it, it carried on. It, it's always been from software. Anyways, I guess it's triple A title now, but I don't know. It just seems... Yeah, I'm getting wary of the licensed games nowadays. Well, so Guild Ball has a currently 8.2 right now on Board Game Geek, which is pretty darn good. There's yeah. only 61 ratings, though, and it <laughs> no just... bought it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I feel like it just came out, and it's probably only getting any buzz right now in the past week because people have checked it out based on, you know, yeah, Demon's Souls. for sure. Like, who the hell's this company? Exactly. So, I don't know if... It's been inflated just by the Kickstarter backers of, of the game or, or what, but I don't know. I'll keep my eye on, on it. It's at least interesting. Um, I just hope they do a good job of translating that gameplay and making it work. See, like I hear that. I want it to be good, but at the same time, I almost want it to just fall on its face. Yeah. Like I want like a AAA title to put out a game so bad that people are a little skittish and don't just back it off nothing. And that's what seems to be happening now. You yeah. put out just, if you have a big name, you can put out a Kickstarter and you're going to make a million dollars just because of the name that you have, regardless of what the game actually looks like. Yeah. Well, you could always hope that the first one does really good. People say it's not that good. And then you launch a second one. Yeah. Like Ghostbuster. Yeah. <laughs> Something strange in the neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Something 
So Cryptozoic just, I think, launched this week their campaign for Ghostbusters 2. Only like four months after people have gotten their rewards from the first one. So this isn't like a second edition or like a second like stage. This is a completely brand new game. And they're asking for pretty much another like 125 bucks for like the, the Kickstarter edition uh, version. To me, it's it's straight up bullshit by Cryptozoic. Yeah, that's that's a middle yeah. finger to all the previous well, backers. Exactly, because you you backed it, Jared, right? Yeah, I backed it. I and I backed it too. Oh man! The, so the board game looks good. I actually haven't had a chance to play it yet, but they're still sending emails to people who one either had issues with their Kickstarter or two haven't even gotten it yet, and they're already releasing their second one. I don't know. To me, it's just a straight up. It's Cryptozoic being Cryptozoic. We've seen yeah. them do this before with other games, and people just continue to back it. Like Ghostbusters, I think has been out. I think it's been out for two days. It's already have half a million dollars funding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's just stupid. It's, that's annoying. So, like, what are they? Are they actually giving out anything new in this? Yeah, version? it's a it's a completely new game. With like they could have they could have made it an add on. To right, the original like, game, like Cthulhu Wars did with the additional races that kind of just built on the the original game. Right. They could have offered, you know, just additional minis, maybe some additional more scenarios, and called it like an expansion. But instead, they're offering basically an entire new game, and then on top of that, they're offering what looks to be two more uh, expansions on top of that for twenty five dollars a piece. So basically, to get like what they're offering. You're looking at like $175 again. I don't know. It's just. <laughs> it's so unnecessary so soon after. Exactly. Like what audience are they trying to get? Mm-hmm. Are, are they are they not selling enough of, of the first one? Or I just don't understand why you would alienate. Because you really are just alienating your initial audience. I mean, the first one had over 9,000 backers. This one is, is at just barely over 4,000. Yeah, I'm one of those people that's not going to support this. I won't support it either. And I was really pumped about the original one. And yeah, like you said, we've talked about Cryptozoic before. They've, they've done some... Community-friendly good things. Uh. Things, yeah, exactly. With Doom that came to Atlantic City and stuff. But I just don't get the rush to get this one out. Why not wait till like the movie, assuming it's going <laughs> to not be as bad as the trailer... <laughs> comes out <laughs> well maybe they want to avoid that and just get it they right. just need to be better than batman versus superman <laughs> it feels like um like the yearly like zombie side yeah which we've talked about before but worse because aren't the zombies the yearly zombie sides more so expansions than straight up new games well, well you can use the parts with the other ones okay i think the medieval one isn't the, the modern ones yeah you can use you can mix up the parts yeah so like standalone expansions i guess which this one i I guess technically is but it's just i think it's weak sauce and it's just like exploitation of the title if it was any other like you know just standard board game even if it was a very successful first round board game they would never try to do that and like launch a kickstarter right away with just a two on its name yeah it just makes you feel like you don't want to back anything from cryptozoic at least that's the way it makes me feel. Yeah, it, it does. And, you know, 
for the amount of money they made on the first round, you can't tell me that they had to like kickstart it to release a second one. Exactly. Use your profits to, you know, put the second one through and then offer it just straight up retail. Yeah, they'll, they'll never change the, their ways with that though, unless people. No, because it's easy yeah, money. Unless people stop giving them money. So everybody, pull your pledge. Yeah. Um. Real quick, I didn't I didn't mention this earlier. Uh oh. Well, no, I just found out they're going to be uh, kickstarting a Sharknado, the board game. Ugh. <laughs> I watched I watched the first one. I saw the first one. If too. you like if you like bad B movies, it it can be entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It it is definitely an entertaining movie. It's like I watched uh Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs the other day. It was pretty sweet. In the same vein, <laughs> they're just so awful that it was actually kind of good. Uh I actually watched the worst movie of all time, The Room, uh a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. <laughs> I still uh, it is like, I, I want to watch it. <laughs> it is like so cringeworthy bad. Uh, we actually played a drinking game to go along with it. That would, to me, that'd be the only way you could ever play it <laughs> or watch it. It was just, it was so bad. I think they have theaters in LA where like people bring like oh, yeah. props to throw at the screen. Uh huh. Like, yeah, they did that here in Lansing this. like oh, six, okay. six months ago, a year ago. One of my buddies went. Nice. Yeah. So back to Sharknado. I think it. <laughs> It has a difficult because you, like you said, it's a bad B movie. But they they made it knowing that that's what it was going to be, right? Right. But then for a board game, you almost it needs to be good. Yeah, it needs to be a good board game of a bad movie. Exactly. That, so how it does needs that to work? be. How do you make like a fun time that's tongue in cheek? You know, it, it's harder to do in board games. We've talked about humor in board games. You know, I don't know. I'll, I think I'll casually keep my eye on it for when they actually launch it. Here's a list of the things that will be included. Chaos and carnage, loss of limbs, bombs thrown from helicopters, big sharks, little sharks, hungry sharks, flying sharks, just so many sharks, <laughs> chainsaws, more chainsaws, and of course people being eaten by sharks. So I just wanted to throw that out there because it's, I think it's another game that the license obviously will. Driving it. Exactly. The driving force behind it if it actually funds so yeah because even though it's a bad movie it's beloved i think by (laughs) most of the general audience all right so i think a rather interesting trailer came out for dr strange this is part of the marvel comic book universe i guess starring benedict cumberbatch Without a British accent, <laughs> which because all the superheroes have to be played by Brits, because young American actors can't act anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of threw me out. I was almost expecting like a. I was expecting the accent just because I've never heard him do an American accent. Yeah, it threw me off too. Does he have a good American accent? It's fine, I think. He didn't speak that much, I don't think. But at the same time, it's like, would it have been that bad had he <laughs> just used the you know what I mean? Would it have changed his character had they just kept his normal? I don't know. I don't know anything about Doctor Strange. Be able to say I. like he's supposed to have. He lives in New York, doesn't he? Whatever, Sean. Whatever. Yeah. I'm about to say we don't know anything about the comic, but then I watched the I watched the animated one. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of like <laughs> the beginning of Batman Begins. He goes to like some kind of Tibetan-looking place and learns about his powers. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely got that vibe from it, you know, up in the mountains with some mystical sage teaching him. I don't know. It I almost feel like I'd be more interested in it if it wasn't a Marvel movie. Yeah, I just the special effects look straight out of uh, Inception with the yeah cityscape folding against itself. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. I think it actually looks yeah. I just it's intriguing. Make, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I want I want them to make it trippy as hell. I think it's interesting that they're delving into the magic side of the universe because they've been avoiding that for a while. I mean, even with like the Scarlet Witch, you know, her powers are actually hex, but they attributed that to experiments as opposed to just straight up magic because magic is a big part of the comic book universe. So they're finally going into that. So I'm just kind of curious to see how they treat it and then how it's received by the general populace. So, not knowing really anything about Doctor Strange, maybe one of you guys can tell me. I know Jay said he didn't really have that much background on him either, but is he a superhero, or is he, like, an anti-hero, or is he, like, neutral? Because the trailer really... He kind of leans towards the good guys. He's usually just chilling, and then if something arises, he might jump in and give a helping hand, but... Yeah, he's the Sorcerer Supreme of Earth, and is kind of like a protector. Okay. Yeah, he's more of a hero. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's... I like that they're doing something outside of the Avengers. Avengers. <laughs> yeah, because it gives you at least like a different, I don't know, storyline or something. I think everyone has at least kind of a baseline idea of the Avengers and like what they're all about. And I think it's kind of cool they're they're doing something different that's going to have a completely different storyline to it. Yeah. So I have a different feel too, and different right. like, the the magic aspect. You can't really direct or make a movie in a similar vein as the rest of them. So I just hope that like I know they're going to bring him into the other movies, but at the same time, I really feel like, or I I hope that his movies can stand on their own as well. Yeah. Because at this point, all the all the other Avenger movies are so tied into the One Avengers another. movies, exactly that it's like they're becoming bland for me. Like I don't, yeah. Age of oh, Ultron yeah. is forgettable for me, and Ant Man was kind of ho hum for me. It's like they're not telling good enough stories on their own. Yeah, I hope that it's more in the realm of you know Guardians of the Galaxy than Ant Man. Well, it looks more like an epic and more dramatic. Yeah, so. I, I agree. So there isn't going to be as much comedy as my guess. Yeah, I wasn't that big on Ant-Man, to be honest. I know a lot of people said it was really good, but it was kind of... It was average. And it, it was too, like, just too random pseudo-science-y. Like. Well, I like the Honest trailer. It was basically saying it's the plot of like Iron, Iron Man. Right. It's yeah. like a lamer Iron Man movie. Yeah, but it just seems like, I don't know, I don't like it when like, oh, we've had this technology for... 60 <laughs> yeah. years and suddenly you know we're gonna use it again now yeah, yeah. Michael Pena was the best part of that movie <laughs> Jay hates him <laughs> Pena? Michael Pena? yeah I like yeah. him he's fine yeah, I Man, thought it was funny whenever you guys use actors and actresses names I always have to go google it because I have no effing clue who you guys are talking about <laughs> he's, I always need like a frame of reference he was a Hispanic guy that that was yeah. really hyper and would go on his little tangents. Yep. Yeah, he's like probably the hottest like uh, Hispanic actor out there right now, right? Okay. Yeah, he's like he's everywhere, and he can yeah. he has a good range too. He can do dramatic, oh, yeah. 
like end of watch he was really good in that and then he can do comedy as so you're you saying comedy. he's the hispanic uh kevin hart <laughs> no he can he's better than kevin hart no kevin i'm hart, just saying how he's in like everything right now yes, how, yes. How, like it's like yeah, we yeah. need a, a black person oh kevin hart can do it that's what it feels like right now in in hollywood yes yeah. yes yeah with hispanics they go with that with asians they go with white people <laughs> so yeah. dr strange the ancient one which i usually envision as some old asian dude is played by tilda swinton yep yeah i'm all for gender equality but there are not that many <laughs> asian roles half the time and Hollywood likes to give it to white people. Um, another movie that recently had some uh, media release for it was Ghost in the Shell, where the entire cast of the major, the main characters are all white people, even though they have Japanese names <laughs> listed Hold on. with the characters. I think we jumped off uh, Ancient One too quickly. We'll, we'll get into it, Ghost in the Shell, don't worry. Well, I, I feel like Tilda Swinton is also typecast i don't know anytime they want like someone who's slightly yeah. androgynous weird you know, androgynous yes. they're like oh let's but call the ancient the ancient one is not an androgynous oh character. yeah for sure for sure he's born in tibet you know like it's a yeah it's a old asian <laughs> dude that's spiritual so is the ancient one like a cross marvel character like not just a doctor strange no, he's pretty much tied to the Doctor Strange universe. Right. He's, okay. He's the one that passes the power to Doctor Strange. Yeah. And like teaches him stuff. I just yeah, I think it's too bad. Tilda Swinton is a really good actress. Oh yeah, no, she's she's very good. Like I she like was, her. it was crazy seeing her in uh, watched two movies of her like back to back. It was um, Snowpiercer. Yeah, she was crazy. It was I couldn't recognize her at first. Me neither. I didn't know until after the movie was done. Yeah, and then what's the other one? Oh, Trainwreck. Is Trainwreck good? Mm-hmm. It's it's decent. It's a decent movie. It's, it's not. It's not Forty Year Old Virgin, which is the best well, comedy it's, ever. It's a rom com. Yeah, but as in not that good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Not as good as a comedy, and it's not I'm as just, cheesy as most rom coms. So that's, that's true. Why I, I that's think true. it's decent. It's a little more honest, but I'm not a big fan of Bill Hader. He kind of plays a straight guy, the straight in man. this. But yeah. I feel like there's no chemistry there. Yeah, I, I can see that. It was like we're reading our lines and we're doing our actions, but it didn't ever feel like they they clicked or there's anything. I thought Amy Schumer was decent in it though. She's all right, but it, I don't know if it's it's her acting or what. But it, I didn't buy in to her. She has being a certain style character. that like you either like or don't like. But Tilda Swinton in that. Yeah, she transformed in that role, too. Yeah, if you guys Google Tilda Swinton train wreck, it's very completely like how you've never seen her. If you just Google Tilda Swinton, you get the the whitewashing articles. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was the first thing that popped up. Oh, yeah. She was in a Grand Budapest Hotel, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I just love her as an actress. I don't know. And I, I hope she's able to. Not just get put into the weird person role, you know? And I think that's why I liked her in, in Trainwreck, just because it was, like, so not what she's typecast as. All right, Sean, you want to retry another? Uh... <laughs> Go back to my rant on Hollywood whitewashing. 
Yeah, so Ghost in the Shell, uh, one of the definitive animes, uh, especially for anybody who grew up in the 90s. Uh, is it one of the five pillars of anime? That... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I think you could say that. <laughs> you definitely could say that. It's it's up there with Akira and uh, yeah. some of the Studio Ghibli stuff. That introduced anime to a lot of people. Was it, on, was it on American TV? The original Ghost in the Shell that was introduced to the U.S. was probably the movie. Okay. Um, it originally yeah. began as a manga, and then they uh adapted it into a movie because it, it probably would have have to if it was on tv it probably would have to have been like adult swim or after dark okay well i remember initially. seeing vhs tapes of it at like um old video stores everywhere yeah yeah i think i think it was through import and stuff and then eventually the dub came out and it influenced a lot of stuff such as like you know the matrix and other stuff with the sci-fi yeah. elements mm-hmm so it came out, uh, the original manga came out in 1989. Yeah, it's set in uh, like a Neo-Tokyo type of setting. Uh, you have a lot of, uh, it's like a paramilitary special forces group led by a half-human, half-cyborg woman. And then a lot of the characters in there also have like c- cybernetic enhancements. And then they can also plug in into the internet and do hacking and converse and other stuff hmm. have you seen it uh dean well years ago i watched it all right keep going son. i was just wondering i know i haven't and jared I'm you haven't sure seen it that. like no we had a copy when we were growing up how did you not see it i don't know it's What's never looked it was i want to say it's pretty groundbreaking for its time when yeah it came out. i mean i get that sense obviously everyone i've heard speaks about it refers to it with it, it also large degree it's of not respect. just it's not just action. It's just n- it's not just nudity. It's not just um, you know style. But they go into like the whole philosophy of um, what it means to have AI and then also create new life forms by combining your consciousness with an AI's consciousness, and also yeah, what it means to have a soul when it comes to AI. So it hmm. it explores all those different themes. And the uh, animation quality was also really ahead of its time. Yeah, so everyone in that story is Japanese, and it takes place in a future Tokyo. And now they're going to have it take place in a future Tokyo, and all the characters are Japanese, but not the actors. How do you know in a future Tokyo, Japanese people aren't white? Whoa, just blew your mind. That's so racist. <laughs> <laughs> no because we all know white people only travel to other countries for vacation and that's yeah like, for sure there. so my problem was with this is um we had previous anime movies that were ruined that had you know asian characters we have dragon ball evolution yep <laughs> we had uh the, we the had, last uh, airbender the last airbender yep and then uh, there's been whitewashing with um, movies that aren't with Asians, too. Like um, the latest Pan movie, Rooney Mara was playing a Native American. <laughs> and then... Gods of Egypt. Yeah, Gods of oh, Egypt. Oh, yeah, Gods of Egypt. We had the Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp playing a Native American. Gods of Egypt and uh, even Exodus, they had right. uh, white mm-hmm. people playing Egyptians, so... 
Come on, Christian Bale. Hey, it's the same thing, right? Yeah, not to mention David Carradine in the entire Kung Fu series. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. As the lone white person on this podcast, <laughs> you guys didn't, weren't aware. Um, <laughs> so, like, uh, I really think that it's Hollywood just being, like, lazy and that they don't want yes. to, like, I don't know, like, look outside their pool of, of actors and actresses to, like, find new talent or even, like, existing talent that's not, like, right in front of their face i think that's it's racist for one but i also think it's just like pure laziness yeah that they don't it's why you see the same actors and the same actresses over and over in movies when i'm sure there's newer um talent that's coming up that just doesn't get a shot because they want that you know big name for their movie Mm -hmm. and i think it's part of it is the populace we don't go see movies where we don't have like a recognizable face you know to associate with that movie so uh, yeah i have i have problems with that argument especially when i think within two more decades or three more decades i think hispanics are gonna be the majority in the u.s yeah but not in hollywood and i think that's where the issue is you know it's sad to say that you almost assume that it's going to be caucasian playing the lead role in anything that you're casting, unless you go for a completely based in that culture with everyone, it's a, it's either all in or nothing, which is unfortunate. I mean, they're making some strides sometimes with uh, they'll do a race swap and put a black person in a role that's traditionally white. So I guess there's some inroads there, but I haven't really seen it with any other race, especially not Hispanics or or Asians or Native Americans. They've been yellow facing for years and centuries. Well, not centuries, but years. I mean, like Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's is a prime example. It's a historic classic of cinema. It's not quite the same as whitewashing. I mean, it's kind of the opposite, but still, they're using a, wh- a white person to play an Asian person. Like they would rather go with a white person to make him look Asian than they would go with this as fine, a talented Asian actor. And there are plenty of or actress. There are plenty of them out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. A similar issue as well is minority characters being like token or like typecast yeah yeah in movies you know like um if you do see an asian character in a lot of movies it's you know like the old wise one or you have like the nerdy one yeah yeah or like or the um, or the one that knows how to fight you have like black guy just so he can die for (laughs) um you know like they, they just cast them into like very specific roles instead of using them for like a lead a lead character or a ro- more robust multifaceted role. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think part of it is not in this situation, but in a lot of others it's because of the writers and and who they're they're casting or the producers, whatever you want to say. It's the producers. Two examples I can think of. My wife watches Grey's Anatomy. I know and I know <laughs> all those characters <laughs> That really means Jay watches it every night curled up in his bed. (laughs) No, no. But I know all those characters, they were written without race in mind. So they auditioned people and whoever did the best got the roles. Uh, Even more extreme example is is, uh, Ridley Scott's Alien, where they all refer to each other by last name, essentially. And that's how they wrote the movie. Like, Ripley was never meant to be a female. Right. Originally. And I think she ended up doing the best. And so they filled it just based on which actors and actresses did the best without looking at their race or gender. And I, I think 
I don't know. It's not like you point to that being the epitome of acting. That's more of casting call, yeah. Yeah, but you can say for both Aliens and Grey's Anatomy, it's been praised for its acting talent. Yeah. They're both very successful. Like, Grey's Anatomy is a very successful series, and Aliens yeah. was, was the horror movie of its time, horror sci-fi movie. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry wouldn't know still. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, Max Landis was saying basically a studio system they only cast like a certain number of actors like Jared was saying because of some kind of calculated risk and i guess until the general audience changes its habits and what what kind of movies it supports that this thing that hollywood's doing will just keep on going well even even yeah. like people they're referred to as a-list actors right i mean yeah they're just considered you know yeah. cream of the crop or uh, people that really it comes down to who will we make money off of and we will always go with them you know instead of just trying to look at the source material or talent. It's true. But then on the extreme of that, like we were talking about before we started the podcast, we've seen Jungle Book. So you, you either have to be white or animated. To- <laughs> <laughs> because everyone in that movie is... Well, the kid's Indian, so I guess that's good for... Uh, well, yeah, Asians. okay. okay. <laughs> they they couldn't have, like... Man, well, could you imagine well, no, the no, outrage no. Remember of Remember the old Jungle Book? The old live-action yeah. one? Yeah. Where Jason, Jason Scott, Scott Lee. Lee was- Who's not Indian, like or even close to it, was cast, and not a kid. Yeah, that was. That's just as bad when Hollywood just it is. doesn't care about being even slightly. Uh, I don't know. But he was the hot, like um, exotic looking. I don't know, foreign looking. <laughs> yep, actor. because he was, and then he made balls of. You know what I mean. You know, Aziz Ansari has like an episode yeah, about this yeah, in, about in Master of None, where where he's going for auditioning for like a role of an like it was a taxi driver, yeah, a taxi driver, and they want him to do an Indian accent, and he like refuses. He's like, you know, I don't speak that way. I'm not from India. I was born here. I I don't have an Indian accent. And I'm I'm curious how often that actually takes place because I think a lot of that writing of that show actually was kind of based on. You know, loosely based on experiences Aziz has had in Hollywood. Yeah, in interviews, he's gone on record to say that he will never do an accent. Um, so when he was auditioning back a few years ago, yeah, he just would not take any roles that made him do an accent. And that's a lot of times how they're written in the script. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't be surprised. And what's interesting about that movie, you're right, it draws a lot from his life. Like, the parents in that show are his actual parents. Yeah, yeah they, they are. are. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. All right, so... Because his dad is hilarious. His dad is hilarious. I, all the scenes with his dad just crack me up. Because um, you can picture him saying that stuff to him. He's probably just like, Dad, just say just say to me what you would say to me. Or even like his like buddy's dad cracks me up too. Like yeah. All the scenes with their parents are just hilarious. Um, so I, I think something like in pop culture that's doing the opposite. Know, like a good job, not necessarily of like um, regarding race, but just... So, all right, The Voice. I, I don't watch mm. it, but I've been following it kind of just loosely online um, because mm. there's this guy from... Yeah, loosely, right? Yeah, all right, we believe there's you. There's this guy from Ann Arbor that's <laughs> on it, and he... All right, if you saw him, like, walking down the road, you'd be like, man, I don't want to give this homeless guy any money. Uh, <laughs> but, like, he's got, like, long hair, he's balding, like, he's got, a, like, a huge beard, and he's not, like, your stereotypical what america looks for in you know like a music star 
but because of like the the way that the voice does their like auditions, it's really cool. Yeah. It's all only based on their talent, not what they look like or anything. Um, he's been very successful, and I, I think that's cool. And I don't know, I I don't know if Hollywood needs to go that way of you know doing blind auditions or no name. But the thing is, like if Brad Pitt walks in for an audition, even if you only hear his voice. Like, I'm sure the writers and such are going to know, oh, that's Brad Pitt in here. That's that's the one we want. Not this guy who, you know, we've never heard his voice before. He, he can't be any good, even though he had the yeah, best Yeah, it reading. probably comes down to the, like you guys were saying, like the writing and probably the casting call, too. Because if you look at the casting calls, a lot of the time they'll they'll give a age range and they'll give a race. Yep. So usually I think it's How does that not go against, uh, like, the Discrimination Act? You can't hire have good or lawyers. fire on like race or age or anything in like any other job, but acting where you can specify exactly Gender too, what yeah. you want. You do bring up a good point though, Jared. You know, because obviously when back then everything used to be radio. When they first turned to mm-hmm. TV, a lot of radio stars lost their jobs, or or actors. When you just had silent films, right? They lost their jobs as they added audio because their voices are Well, isn't terrible. that uh, Singing in the Rain? Isn't that what that's about? Yeah. yeah how the, the yeah, woman was... that, like, the main character has a terrible voice. So they have to have someone yeah. else sing over top of her. Yep. Princess Leia's mom. Really? Anyways. Yeah. The, the, Debbie that's Fisher. That's cool. Mm. Oh, okay. Is that her name? Yeah. I think that's... Or Reynolds? Debbie Reynolds? I forgot. Whatever, man. Debbie something. Okay. <laughs> Google it. So you seek revenge. I seek righteousness. But I'll take revenge. So another trailer that dropped where they actually cast an Asian person in a traditional white role was The Magnificent Seven with Byung-Hun Lee being cast as one of the cowboys. Hmm. Yeah, I watched this trailer today as well, actually. Just not even knowing we were going to talk about it on the podcast. It just kind of popped up. And I'm someone, I never watch trailers unless Jay's like, hey, go watch this trailer. My wife is like a trailer, like... Junkie. Like, she yeah. never watches movies, but man, she'll watch like every effing trailer that, that That's comes me. out. Yeah. Um, and never go see the movie. And she'll be like, oh, there's trailers oh, I see so the movies you have to watch time. it. But this one just kind of came across, I'm like, oh, yeah, I should... And the trailer looked really good, actually. I'm not typically like a big fan of, of westerns, but I don't know, the... It has the, like a timeless story. It's it does. Based it has a timeless of the, story. The, the, it's a remake the of a movie that was based off of the Seven Samurai. Are, are pretty mm-hmm. much all Westerns based off of like the Samurai folklore? No. This one is notably based off of it, though. Seven Samurai. Yeah. And it seems like, yeah, they're revisiting old movies now because we had the Ben-Hur trailer drop a couple weeks ago. And yeah, this really? one. I wanted to bring up Ben-Hur. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I didn't know that they're remaking it. Yeah. But yeah, well, Mag- Magnificent Seven, I hope it's good. The original was good, and Seven Samurai was really good. Well, I feel like with a movie like Magnificent Seven, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a posse movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or a, a group movie. So you automatically have that energy there, so then it's just how good of a story do you craft around it. I did want to go, unless you guys have other stuff to say about Magnificent Seven. Nah, I'm good. I did want to go to Ben Hur though. Like, why would, why would you remake that movie? I don't know. I think it's a bad idea. Yeah, it's. I think someone was like, when I watched this, I was a little kid, and I want to redo the chariot race in modern technology. 
<laughs> I think that's Which like... is the whole, that defeats the whole purpose of why it was great. It's an iconic film because it was used. They didn't use any modern technology, and that's why it was so awesome. I don't understand Hollywood. <laughs> I think yeah, there are certain films out there that should never be remade. But will it make money? Because that's all Hollywood cares about. That is all they care about. They don't care about putting out a good movie. They just care about mm-hmm. making money. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're betting on a grand scale of... Yeah, for sure. Isn't Ben-Hur like one of the... The four pillars of old Hollywood? No, <laughs> no but it won one of the um, most number of awards. Isn't it tied? With yeah, Titanium? yeah. I had. I think it held the record for a long while. It was like 10. So it's 11, with, 11 which is Titanic 11 as well. So it's like... If you're going to remake a movie that has won the most Oscars ever, unless you're going to win more Oscars, why the F are you <laughs> remaking it? Yeah, they're just destined to fail. Like, you know, I think Jared was calling me an old man last time, but <laughs> most modern remakes are never as good as the originals. So, and when they do that and they flop, just stop doing this. It's a bad trend. You're losing money. Yeah. They're not as good as originals. If you're a producer out there and for some odd reason you're listening to this, stop doing it. No, I, I get what you're saying. It's almost like why why do it with certain movies? Right. Unless you're going to tell it in a... like The reason why you remake a movie is because there's something wrong with the original or something a completely different way you can re- retell the story. But there's nothing wrong. Or you wrong. can add special effects to it to make it the original vision that you had for it. Right. With Star Just Wars, like George know. Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because, you know, that always goes well. But so it's like, so really, what's the point of remaking something? I mean, it's especially yeah. a, a movie this still regarded as an iconic film. And it's Charleston Heston. Yeah, there's, there's no one you can cast that can match that. Yeah, they basically got a no name, or I didn't recognize Oh, him. Jack Houston. Or Huston, however you say his name. Yeah, see, you can't even say the dude's name. Uh-huh. He's rising on the indie yeah. circuit or whatever. Mm-hmm. He'll be decent, but uh, yeah, you can't match Charlton Heston in that role. Yeah, it's, n- it's not going to be the same epic. I mean, it was an epic. I remember, like, the VHSs, you have two, it's one of those movies that you had to have two VHSs to fit all the movie on. Because you had an intermission. Exactly. <laughs> man, more movies need to have intermissions. Yeah, man, I can't yeah. hold it. <laughs> Over Near two hours. Out. Man. <laughs> like, yeah, I have to miss part of the movie just to use the restroom. Do you guys know the, about the Run P app? Oh, I've seen you looking at it before. Yeah. Yeah, it tells you the right times. People will... All right, I need to download that. And then it's like gives you how long of a time you have to run, and it gives you a short synopsis that if you oh, click on it. So, like, that's, that's why I never asked you. That's pretty sweet. It's brilliant. Yeah. So, for Batman versus Superman, does it just say... Like come for like thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <And> then, <laughs> well, I think it was thirty minutes, kind of pushing it. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock, he said it the best. He he basically said that a movie should be only as long as you can hold it. <laughs> mm, that's true. I mean, it's crazy to me. And I mean, I don't know how much of a tangent we want to go on though. About going but, to the uh, bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the the movies used to play, uh, you know, basically on loop. Yeah. And. You could just walk into it whenever. And really, it wasn't until Psycho that he was like, no, you got to start it. Everyone has to be there and you can't come in after it starts. Or it would ruin it. Really? But there's there's another uh, movie that they remade. Yeah, yeah. 
That's cool. <laughs> That's another movie they remade. Like, why? Yeah. Especially the, because that was a shot for shot remake. Yeah, I. Well, they, well, no, but they added color, so yeah. I want to yeah. see somebody like remake a movie with the exact same actors, just like twenty years later, like <laughs> shot for shot. They, they've done that with uh, foreign to American uh, translations of movies and stuff. Okay, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but they've done it before. And didn't they do the same thing with Vanilla Sky? Who's opened my oh, eyes? In oh, yeah, yep. yep. They used Penelope the, Cruz again. Yeah, and then it had the same director from the Spanish one. I'm sure it'll happen in our lifetimes, Jared. Like, <laughs> not surpri- you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it seems like oh, it'll be the next creative thing, and then all sorts of people will be doing it. Right. And then we'll blame you. Look what you started. State your name for the record Jen Urso. Oh, we didn't talk. Wait, some other trailers. Been talk- Rogue One. Oh, oh. oh so, what did you guys think about the Rogue One Star Wars trailer? I honestly haven't watched it with sound yet. Um, I only had a chance to watch it at work, so I, I still have to watch it in its entirety with sound. I'm kind of excited about it because it's. You guys all know I've been a huge uh, fan of the Rogue Squadron novel series, but my main issue with it is that there's a. I didn't see much X-Wing stuff, and not that it's based on Rogue Squadron, but, like, that was a big appeal for me. And it could be cool seeing, like, another Star Wars story, but without all just the main characters, it could be just, like, one set in the universe would be cool. So Yeah, I mean, I think this is more in the lines of what I wanted to see with the Finn story arc and stuff. A different perspective of this galactic war from the everyman perspective for a soldier yeah, I think the ragtag team going to steal the plans. And mm-hmm. I just read right. the the Battlefront novel, which was okay. Yeah, every all the soldiers on the ground, which nobody knew existed until you just said it right now. <laughs> the the novel's better than the video game that's out right now. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> doubt it. It was written by like one of the former Mass Effect uh, writers. Hmm. But yeah, I, I want, and that was also like this movie is uh, set in the original trilogy era. Right. When I saw this trailer, um, I was excited because, yeah, you're set in the era that I grew up with, not this new Force Awakens era, not the prequels, <laughs> but the original trilogy. So I think um, Vader will make a, an appearance at some point. And, but just seeing those, like, the AT-ATs and, uh, I don't know, the old school Rebel gear and X-Wing pilot uniforms and all that, that, that was cool. And one thing, this could be really good because, I mean, there's still going to be pressure because it's a Star Wars movie, but there, it's not like the main Star Wars story. You know, it's a side story. So I'm hoping that some of the pressure will be off. So that might actually be better so that I like, can not like feeling the need to satisfy the fans. Be like, okay, we can tell a story the way we want to tell it. Or it could be awful. My main beef with this trailer is every fucking trailer that comes out nowadays <laughs> starts with the slow ass. piano (laughs) playing the theme from it like we don't know what the movie is really (laughs) like ghostbusters star wars oh my god even the force awakens trailer did that didn't it yeah Yeah. jurassic park jurassic park started it you should watch like so mad the 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 watch mojo like top 10 
trailer cliches. It has that on there, like, oh, like wide pan shots or like booming music and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, uh, every trailer just follows the same formula now. Yes. I cannot stand that, that soft piano. It's lazy. Yeah. I wonder if it's like one studio doing all the same trailers and then whoever they put, it's like one guy is like, I'm really into piano, slow piano. And I'm going to put in all the trailers I cut. Yeah. And then after Inception, it was just the... Boom, boom. Yep. Cut. <laughs> yep. Fade to black. <clears throat> Fade to black. Ugh. Sorry. That really bugged me. So that's why. Well, I like the casting of it. It has a very diverse group of casting. Um, Diego Luna, you have Felicia. Oh, I forgot her name. Google it, Jared. Now, fast. It has two Asian people in it. Woo! It has uh, Forrest Whitaker, who's always great. Oh, I'm excited. I think it'll be good. I think I'll like it probably better than... Uh, I'll like it better than Forrest Whitaker. Kylo Ren and stuff. So, All right. Uh, one last thing. Dave's a little punk. We were all set up to record for Cthulhu. And we agreed. <laughs> and we waited half an hour yeah, for his punk. Before he finally texts back and says, like, Oh, I have someone come over. Can't do it. Hate and I know who came Dave. over, too. Man, you could have totally dissed <laughs> Hate on Dave. It was Bill. And you've all heard stories about Bill, so. Yeah, fuck Bill, man. <laughs> <laughs> With that, um, thank you for listening, tuning in. Thank you for listening to me rant. <laughs> yeah, we all did a bit of that today. Thanks uh-huh. for tuning in. Um, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. We'll get some videos up there pretty soon. You can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, Out of Space Games at Gmail. Oops, just <laughs> sorry. Google just look Plus. for Out of Space Games or uh, Out of Space Games at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. But please um, like us, follow us, leave us a review on iTunes. Helps us people find us better. But I think that's it for this week. My name is Jay. My name is Sean. I'm Jared. And I'm Dean. This is Out of Space Games. We'll catch you next time. Hate on Dave.